Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff? Join us as we remember the great rock and roll hits from a month between 1965 and 1995. We're going to riff on all things about the bands, the members, and the goings-on during that time. We hope to inspire you to find and download the songs you hear today, whether you're fans who forgot about some of these tracks or maybe never even heard them before. Check out our blog at whattheriff.com or follow us on Facebook at What the Riff. Here's a shout out to our sponsors, Monkey Wrench Brewing, the best tasting beer and more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Stanton Electric, a commercial electrical specialist and Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So let's turn up the volume and enjoy this episode of What the Riff? The 55 mile per hour speed limit is imposed by President Nixon. Gasoline is rationed in the Netherlands. And gold hits a record $161 an ounce. This is January 1974. You're listening to What the Rip. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm John. And I'm Bruce. And Rob brings us kicking album. Oh, yeah. When we started this podcast, I wouldn't have thought I would cover this band. I got to be honest. But I've come to appreciate this music more. That's something I like about doing this with you guys. This is BTO, otherwise known as Bachman Turner Overdrive. And I'm covering their second album, Bachman Turner Overdrive 2. Oh, how original. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how they came up with that name. Yeah. Like, what, a, what an amazing job album. they did with I'll that. I'll tell you what. So, your members uh, on the previous album and this one, Randy Bachman on lead guitar and lead vocals, Fred Turner, bass guitar, lead vocals, Robbie Bachman on drums, and Tim Bachman guitar and vocals and unfortunately as of this recording tim bachman passed away earlier this week rest in peace this is taking care of business undeniably one of the most prolific songs you still hear it on classic rock radio today that's why i started with it interestingly enough randy wrote this for the guess who when he was in their band and i covered covered that one it was called White Collar Worker when he started this. The band, uh, guess who, didn't want to play it because they thought it was too close to the Beatles' paperback writer. So Randy, when he joined and started uh, Bachman-Turner Overdrive, heard a disc jockey say, we're taking care of business at Fund Radio, and he changed the lyrics from White Collar Worker to Taking Care of Business. I think it was a good move. Yeah. And this is actually Randy singing. Originally, Fred Turner was going to sing it, but they realized that Fred, his voice would wear out during concerts, and so they'd have to switch off. And so he said, why don't you just take this, Randy, this will be your song. He said, Randy, you sing this, you'll be taking care of business. Exactly. Because <laughs> it is a business. All right. I'm going to harken back to the days in college. But usually when a party's starting to wind down and people are just really just almost completely plastered and all the guys have, guys have paired off, have already kind of disappeared, and it's just a bunch of drunks, we would put this song on and drunk singing to it. And we're just all like shoulder to shoulder, arms over each other, just singing this song and everything. Yep. Good memories. I would, I would say it's either that song or David Allen Coe's You Don't Have to Call Me Darling, <laughs> yeah. Darling. That's a good <laughs> That's one. A good pick, too. The song before it was Let's Get Drunk and Screw well, by, by, by Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. But then they all, all the ones that were going to do that left. 
this is about the life of a musician. And I saw uh, online a blogger mentioned that it's similar to Dire Straits' Money for Nothing. If you listen to it the really words. Is. It really is. That's the idea of the song. So when we when you, when we started with the riff, you didn't you didn't think you'd be covering BTO. No, I'm not a big fan of the feel and the voice, typically. But and now here you are. Here I am. And you've done it. the Guess Who and BTO. I love the Guess Who. I okay. really like them. I just think that this is a little um, this is a little bit more like the Grateful Dead to me. I'm not a big really? Dead fan either. I mean, it's so there, I mean, so there's this evolution in, in listening to different music, right? Yeah. So all we have next is to get Wayne on board with Toto. There you go. <laughs> or that's where we're headed with this. That, that's called sa- devolution. <laughs> or, or maybe Saturday Night Fever. Yes. <laughs> More to come on that. Uh, no. Yeah, that's a big debate here, guys. <laughs> Maybe I'll can uh, weigh in on the comments and tell us what There's you no think. There's no debate. It's one of the top-selling albums of all time, and they all play guitar. It's yes. rock. We'll talk about it. Oh, you'll get a kick out of this. In 2004, Bachman rewrote the song into a Christmas version titled Taking Care Taking of Christmas. Taking Care of Christmas. Oh, we got oh, we got to put that in the database. We've got to have that. Write that down right now. That's coming oh, into the absolutely Christmas. Absolutely right. it is. Listen, listen for that at Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> that should be like on Love Actually or something. Do you think something. that was a cash grab? Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. No, he's, he really thought this is where Christmas needed this song badly. All right. This is a deeper uh, cut from this album. It sounds like another band to me. Oh, it sounds like the Alma Brothers a little bit, Maybe. you know. Just yeah, it does have it has a southern type of country twist to it. I was thinking the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, uh, and they were actually touring with the Doobies in 1973 with their previous album. So you got to think maybe they were influenced by it. The name of this is Blown. Listen here. <laughs> I was blown. I like the owl sound after the word blown. <laughs> so what do you think it's about? Uh, uh, a female that right likes to... Nope. Oh, okay. Is it about cocaine? Here's a line. I used to smoke my brains out, fly through the sky. I heard the stones are rolling, and I'd roll too. So mine mind was blown from doing drugs. Basically. Exactly. I don't know what Wayne was talking about. Yeah, Wayne, you need to get your mind out of You're married, that's why. You need Jesus, <laughs> you need Jesus Wayne. What? <laughs> wasn't uh, wasn't Bachman Turner Overdrive? I mean, one of them was Mormon, right? No, I don't believe he was okay. Mormon, but he was Christian. Actually, I, I know he was Christian. He okay. was a born-again Christian is what he was. Gotcha. So Randy Bachman, that was one of the issues he had with the Guess Who. Mm-hmm. He really didn't like what those guys were getting into, and he kind of said... You know, guys, we can't be doing this, acting this way. We're uh, yeah, it's okay to be in a rock band. It's not okay to go to live the rock lifestyle. Like, I wonder if this was said, blown yeah. was uh, just sort of slang at the time because I, I don't remember. Uh, obviously, I was 11 years old, so I don't remember mm. being wasted on drugs. But I assume that was a slang. You wouldn't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless, unless my parents decided to <laughs> definitely abuse me. And What's in these frosted flakes? Yeah. <laughs> well, they did give me whiskey to go to sleep at night, you know. Joking, joking, joking. Like I said, I, I covered uh, 
Randy Bachman when I did American Woman by The Guess Who. That was on What the Riff episode 117. No sugar tonight in my coffee. That was that's one of my college. I just hear that song Great and I, song I think about listening to it in college. I wasn't in college when it came out, but I had some guys that played it. weren't, weren't these weren't these guys all Canadian? Yes, they were. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In 1971, Bachman started a band called Brave Belt with another former member of the Guess Who. His name was Chad Allen, and he left the Guess Who before Bachman left. But they got together, and then he added Robbie Bachman, Tim Bachman, and Gary Bachman was their manager. So it's all these Bachman brothers. He needed a bass player, and a guy named Neil Young suggested an up-and-coming bass player named Fred Turner. So that's how Fred Turner was brought into the band. Wow, that's cool. Got him, got him kind of a hand up there. Yeah, yeah. That was a good recommendation. Yeah, it was a good recommendation. Worked yeah. out pretty good. Brave Belt had a little success, but they really had more of a country-style sound than this. Not Less rock, more country. It definitely, it definitely has that country, that, that southern rock twang mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Like man. kind of a kind of a black crows kind of a uh, little bit of sound. Well, the drums sort of doing that train, yeah, method. Yeah. Just you know, that's a good sound. I like that song. Yeah, good song. It is good. I, I'm so BTO. I'm used to because I bought the best of BTO. Uh, okay, there so you go. So I'm not really knowledgeable of a lot of the deeper cuts. So right. I'm glad you're bringing this because you know. Yeah. I mean, they've had other songs. Roll on down the highway. A song we're not going to do is another you know hit that they've done. So, yeah, get the best of if you're not interested in just getting the individual albums. But, yeah, you, you would miss Blown if you did the best of. Yeah. And this one, too. So, I like this one. It has split personalities. This song, to me, does. I mean, listen to this. It's like, you know, nice acoustics. Yeah. Maybe a little Latino. When you listen. I get up early in the morning. Yeah, it does. It has a salsa feel yeah, to it. Yeah, doesn't it? I'm going to live inside my suitcase. I could see I could see Santana doing this. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There I, you I'm go. thinking that. You know what's funny? Is, this kind of has a Weezer kind of feel to it. Oh, you're right. It, it really just does. Do Weezer uh, a couple weeks ago. Just yeah. a couple guys having fun with a, now listen, with a mic. Here we because um Welcome home. Uh-oh, and then they <laughs> kick it in. Uh, no, they that, don't just kick it in. They scream like a maniac into the mic. Welcome home. And that's Fred Turner. Now we know why his voice wore out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's Here not, we go back. It's not unlike uh, <laughs> what was that what bipolar was, song here? It what is, that, isn't it? Was that Young Frankenstein? Yeah. <laughs> Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> Putting on the Ritz. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like that when he yells. I'm going to save yep. Eventually, uh, Chad Allen left the band, uh, and they were set to do a show as Brave Belt, and at the last minute, the promoter said, maybe they're too sleepy, and he dropped them, and he invited another rock band to come play at this event, but they didn't show up, and so he said to Brave Belt, can you guys please play and just do some rock stuff? So they covered Proud Mary, All Right Now, and Brown Sugar, and Randy said in an interview, we instantly saw the difference between playing sit-down music people could talk over and playing music they would jump out of their seats and dance to. And so they put some demos together that had more of a 
rock feel. And uh, this guy named Charlie, it's F-A-C-H. I, I think it's Fache, but anyway, he was with Mercury Records. He got home from vacation, and his desk was full of all these demo tapes, and he just, story says he just wiped his desk clear into the trash can. He's like, I'm not even going to take the time to listen to all these. But one was left on the desk. Oh. And it was this one. So he listened to it, and he said, this is really good. This was their rock demos. And so uh, he said, uh, I like this. Let's push it out. But let's change your name from Brave Belt. And so they were like, well, obviously there's lots of Bachmans here. And there's a Turner, so let's call it Bachman Turner. But it needed something else. So they were out at a restaurant, and they saw this magazine called Overdrive. And... Randy writes on a napkin, Bachman Turner Overdrive, <laughs> BTO, and picked it up. I gotta, I gotta tell you, we, I, the, the, in my head when they're writing this song, they're just like, how do we kick this up a notch? Yeah, <laughs> let's let's just have the guy who's in, who is insane. Scream randomly in the middle of this song, Welcome Home. I can see the Muppets doing this. <laughs> yes, an animal coming up front. Welcome home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically what this is, right? <laughs> it really is. All right, so when I would go home, unfortunately, I had an alcoholic father. And when you went home, yeah, the temperature just went up. It was like you just were just stressed. It was like, oh, no. I mean, they go, Welcome Home. And you're going, uh, yeah, you know, and you're just sort of. Just kind of had to scream "Welcome home" to you like that? No, it did do that, but it was—it felt like it was like you're going, "Okay, I don't want to step on any toes here." Yes, I, I said, "Welcome home, man." What the heck is that? <laughs> but it's—it's it's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny. There's a little deep purple thing going on too. Yeah, I gotta think these guys did not take themselves too seriously making this song. Yeah. That guitar sort of sounds like a little. Ted Nugent there at the time when he was yeah. Boy Dukes. I can see it. I can see that. So now they're just kind of getting into this section where they're riffing a little bit. And, and it it actually has a little bit of a jazzy flavor at the end, believe it or not. Listen to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jazz flavors. This is like a third personality. Really? Oh, yeah. It's not bipolar. It's tripolar. Welcome to WJAZ. I was thinking about jazz flavors as well when I when I heard this. Here you go. It's like a, the end of a show or something. What? The jazz? <laughs> that's our next podcast we're going to work on, Hey, guys. that's a great one. I, I'm going to say I'm not really that much of a fan of this one. I like Blown. I, this one is like, okay, it's a little crazy. I, you, know, you know what I miss? I can dig this one, man. This is great. You know what I miss? I wish they'd put more uh, Young Frankenstein put on the Ritz yells in the middle of this part, too. <laughs> How about I, that? Hey, if the whole al- song was like this, I would have liked it a lot better. Welcome home. <laughs> All, All right. right. This is this is another big one. This was their first top 40 hit. Yeah, buddy. This is Let It Ride. And this made it to number 23 on the charts. It didn't do as well as Taking Care of Business, but this was the first one that really made it on the charts for them. I'd like to remind everybody listening, this band is the same band that made Welcome Home. 
<laughs> at almost the exact same time. Yeah, yeah listen to that voice. That, I mean, listen to those harmonies. Again, I feel like they were influenced by the doobies a little bit. Oh, they yeah. had to be. All right, here's they your bipolar part. You can see the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Try, 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 let it ride. That's probably dating a bipolar woman. You just try to let it ride, but eventually it's just going to come back to haunt you. You can tell, you can tell Wayne's haunted, right? I mean, I'm not the only one sitting here going, Wayne is, Wayne is absolutely haunted. He is gun shy as anybody can be. I feel like this is a, a good road trip song. Yeah. Just, I mean, let it ride. And it, the story, it actually came from a road trip. Okay. A real one. In 1973, the year before this, BTO was the opening act for the Doobie Brothers. And they were on the road between shows. And as the story goes, they're going down in their, tour, their bus, and these truckers, these semis come along, and they box them in. Oh. And like just kind of, I hate it when and, that happens. You know, slow down and everything, and they kind of, I guess, goofing around. They got off at the same exit, and Randy and the guys got out and started yelling at the truck drivers and just, you know, going after them. And the truck drivers apparently said, "You guys need to just settle down and just let it ride." And so they said, All Somebody right. give me a pencil. I'm about to write this song. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's what, like, I mean, if you're like an artistic person and you're like always thinking about the next song you're going to write, if like someone just says something, you're like, oh my God, where's my notebook? Oh, you, you just, you just wrote my next hit. Thanks, buddy. I haven't done that with songs. I've done it with ads or I'll see something and I'm like, ooh. That's a good that line. Fits perfect. Or uh, I had a comic strip I did in high school and a little bit into uh, my career. Uh, and I would be somewhere and I would see something happen. And I did. I had a little I had a little spiral bound notebook in my pocket and I would take it out and make a note. This would be funny for it was called Max is mm-hmm. the name of the uh, comic strip. This would be funny. So you never know when you never know when that inspiration is going to hit. Sometimes you just got to let it run. Sometimes you just gotta let it ride. Or let it write. Got the Tom Toms going now. I was gonna say this is a little bit like a Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah. What if what if you're listening to this song and then all of a sudden someone yells, Welcome home right in the middle of it. <laughs> like what if? Like I just kinda want them to inject that into every song. If I could go back in time and talk to them. It is interesting when you hear their songs, and that is a kind of a trademark because they go from hard to a little calm to hard again. I think they do a good job with they that. They do the build and the drop-off yeah. really well. So the other tracks on this album, we have, I'll list them all, Blown, Welcome Home, Stone Gates, Let It Ride, Give It Time, Tramp, I Don't Have to Hide, and then taking care of business. Winnipeg, Canada, yes, was just rocking out with these guys. It absolutely was. I wonder if Randy's going to go back out on tour now. Um, they, I saw that they are they they kick around a little bit still. Okay. He and Fred Turner. 
So, all right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed. That it. was great. I appreciate you bringing that. Like Rob. I said, I got a new appreciation for these guys. So, thanks for letting me do that. Now we're going to go to our entertainment track, brought to us by Monkey Wrench Brewing. Got to listen to the beginning here. Oh, you had to be in front of the screen when this happened. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's What an exciting time to be alive. We have the six million dollar man with Lee Majors. He was married to Fair Fawcett. Oh man. What was his name? Lee Majors. Lee Majors, that's right, that's right. Also, the TV sitcom Happy Days began their 11-year run on ABC. Graham Chapman from Monty Python passed away in January of 1974. All right. Well, that was a, a brief little uh, <laughs> entertainment track there. Now can't, we're going, can't get too deep there. We're going to go to our uh, staff picks. All right, guys. We had the Vietnam War, inflation, there was no gas around, and there was even toilet paper shortages. So this was probably the biggest hit, number one song, that people just hated. Yes, it is. I hate it. It is one of the worst songs ever, a lot of people say. But it was the number one song of 1974. So the song is Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks. I remember this song so well. I remember... They were building a park across the street from my neighborhood. And I just, I I hear this and I remember that. And I remember our bus driver who had an eight track tape player would play eight track tapes on the bus on the way to elementary school. And they're playing this for kids. We, we had words to it. Listen to that. See, so cool there. (laughs) But we sang. We had joy, we had fun, we had streakers in the sun. <laughs> and That was Wayne. Yeah, and there was something about da-da-da, uh, you could see their white behinds or something like that. It was Well, this is actually rewritten. It was a Belgium song that was in 1961, and it was rewritten by a poet in 1963, and then Terry Jacks said, hey, this song is too macabre, but hey, I'll rewrite it again. And I'm... This song is about a guy dying yeah. of leukemia. Actually, a friend of his, he wrote it for, for a friend of his, dying for leukemia. So he was going, well, what do you tell people when you're dying? You know you're going to die. And, you know, I mentioned before I'm not dying, but I did. I do have uh, skin cancer, melanoma skin cancer. So, you know, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, this could be due. I've, I've had fun, but, you know, once again, still want to still live life. So... <laughs> He's still going to try to be with us. Hopefully, we've got everything. We got another nine more years of this. I think we got set on the schedule. So, <laughs> you, yeah, you can't kick the bucket. Yet. Yeah, no, we got, <laughs> buckle up, people. We've already got. You got nine years coming. Yeah, but I mean, it says uh, when all the birds are singing in the sky. Now that spring is in the air, with the flowers everywhere, I wish I could be there. I don't know what disappoints me most. The fact that this song appeared on What the Riff, or the fact that Wayne brought this song <laughs> to What the Riff. What a drag us down. Well, man. the reason why is because guess who was supposed to originally do this song? 
Terry Jacks wrote this for the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys? Yes. Oh, I Could you imagine that. them singing this? Mike Love just told her interview, because we did a version of Season of the Song, but it was we just had to throw it out. It was the wrong song for us. It is you no know? Serpent Safari. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's basically the same premise. <laughs> the thing is, with the money he made, Terry Jacks bought a boat. He increased it, the Seasons in the Sun. And he just started... Going up and down Alaska and Canada. Nirvana actually did a cover of this song. If you yeah, yeah I could see that though. Totally oh. did. Because they do death songs all the time. <laughs> Macabre is their middle name. <laughs> That's man. right. All right. Well, they had a teen spirit. I enjoyed that. Them. I really did, Wayne. Thanks for bringing that. Not a problem. All right. So now we're going to. Uh, it's got it's got to be it's John Lynch. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Lynch. You, 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 he's, he's I was going to do Lynch, but Bruce is getting down over here in the corner. Okay, man. If you don't know this voice, I, I'm so sorry for you. That is Stevie Wonder. His parents give this is living for the city. To keep him strong. You just you cannot go wrong with Stevie Wonder. You can't. Literally, you cannot go wrong. Uh, this guy made hit after hit. Now, this song is um, this song is about a boy who moves from Mississippi to New York City and basically gets set up for a drug charge and gets thrown in jail. Hmm. Like just out of the gate, basically barely gets to the city, and all of a sudden he's sitting in jail. Wow! Somebody just hits him. Um, Stevie Wonder played all the instruments on this on this recording, sang the vocals. I mean, this is this is this is Stevie Wonder. Oh yeah, well Stevie Wonder is one of those like Prince. You know, there there are a handful of these multi instrumentalists, and he early on, you know, established himself as okay. I'm going to be the. You've got to give me creative freedom to do this. Oh, he's so multi talented. I was actually somehow I was scrolling through some videos and I saw here's Stevie Wonder, blind guy playing the drums. Mm. And everything. I'm just going, and it's obviously he's doing it from where he thinks yeah. the drums are, and everything. It's like, okay, everything's muscle memory here. Mm-hmm. Right, let me, I mean, what a talent. Let me, let me tell you what he, what he used to put this together. He used a Fender Rhodes electric piano, a drum set, Moog bass. I'm not even sure what a Moog bass is. A synthesizer and hand claps. Impressive. And sat alone and recorded this thing and said, here you go. And it was a hit. It is a good groove. Bruce, you covered Songs in the Key of Life. Songs in the Key of Life. That's uh, episode 92 of What the Riff. Wow. That that album came out in October of 1976. And I don't remember this. Was he born blind? I believe that's the case, yeah. Uh, He was was like, I think he was partially blind or something when he was born, and like eventually lost all sight. Yeah, okay. Ray Charles, I know, went blind. Right. But I believe Stevie Wonder, he was either born blind or very early on lost his sight. So, fun fact about this song is that Stevie Wonder drops an F-bomb in this song. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Do we have to talk over it? And (laughs) No. And it never got edited out. It's on the radio version. Really? really? Yes. You have to listen for it. Also, if you listen to the entire the original version of this song, where it's got it, he he basically gets a janitor in the building where he was working to come in and do a part of like the jailkeeper when that like he does like this this cut in the middle, 
and the janitor drops the N-word in the middle of this freaking thing, and that also <laughs> made it to the radio. Wow. Wow. Hey, another trivia. What the riff was going to be what the... No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I just, loving these soul songs. I right? just, I, I love Stevie Wonder's yes. voice. He just can do no wrong in yeah. my book. All right, Lynch. Thanks for bringing that. Yes, sir. Okay, so now we're going to go to Bruce. Yes, indeed. I'm going to channel my inner Wayne. Going country. Just a little bit. It sounds country, doesn't it? Oh, I love that voice. This I, I figured this, especially after doing Seasons in the Sun, I figured this I would have, make Wayne's day by doing this song. This is Olivia Newton-John. It's her first top ten hit in the U.S. It peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100. What album was this from? Oh, I believe it was her second album. It could have been... No, it's off her third album, and the album is called "Let Me Be There." Okay, third album. It sounds it sounds like a spiritual. Well, you know, it's it's this. She had done a bunch of folk style songs before this, um, but this really prompted her to go into more of a country direction because it was such a big hit for her. Was it? This was before Greece. Yes. It oh, was. well, before Greece. before yeah. Xanadu. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she, she she's starting um, to cross over here. Yeah, this was written by John Rostel, and it would be covered by a number of people. So I mean, Elvis did it, Ike and Tina Turner did it, Tanya Tucker, and of course Wayne's favorite, Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn. Oh yeah, Hell yeah. Who's the guy with the low voice? It sounds like the Oak Ridge Boys. That's or something. a good question. I looked that one up. It was Mike Sam Mike Samus is uh, the one that does that bass vocal. He's like a session musician. Who didn't have a crush at the time? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. John. You didn't, have a, you didn't have a pulse if you didn't have a crush on Olivia Newton-John. That's why I was asking about the album. I remember seeing an album with her, you know, it seemed like she was on a path in the woods or something like that. And those early albums, and it was always kind of almost impressionistic, a little bit, little bit out of focus or whatnot. Yeah, with sunlight coming through yeah. her hair. Got a second to let me tell a story? Go for it. All right, so I was a big Fair Fawcett fan, and I actually won posters of Charlie's Angels at the radio station. Take me down to the radio station. They didn't have the posters. They had the singles, Angel in Your Arms and Undercover Angel, and they go, here's a living job album, too. So it's like... <laughs> you said, thank you. This yeah. is new, now my new I think I mentioned album. that one before, but yeah. My mom ended up buying me the... Did that take you to that wonderland that only two can share? <laughs> Sorry, is it too, too deep? It was too deep <laughs> for us. <laughs> there All we right, have we're going to bring it back now to Rob. Rob has his staff pick. Yeah, this is... Uh, I just thought... I'll, I'll cover this one. This is... A 1973 single. It was actually this is covering January of '74. This was released prior to that, and it's from the album Mind Games. And the voice is John Lennon. 
This song made it to number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100. This sounds, this still sounds very Beatles-esque, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. I'm not surprised because apparently he started writing this in 1969, four years prior. And it was originally called Make Love, Not War. But the phrase had been so overused, he, he decided to change the name. And there was a book he read called Mind Games, The Guide to Inner Space by a guy named Robert Masters. And he thought that'd be a better name for it. I read this on uh, the story behind the song, John Lennon's protest out anthem Mind Games. It says, like much of Lennon's rhetoric at the time, the song was steeped in the protestation of war. Peace had become an all-encompassing motive for Lennon and Ono during these weeks as they set their sights on the future. I'm going to assume this is before the what they called the Lost Weekend when he, him and Yoko broke up and he went ballistic out in L.A. and getting kicked out of bars and partying with... Nil, Harry Nilsson. I just wish we would have gotten some Yoko on this out on this song. <laughs> That's it, a lost opportunity. It isn't really it? is. You could try it right now. Oh, here you go. <laughs> he actually recorded it when he was apart from Yoko Ono. Ah, yeah. And he oh. was with May Pang. Okay, so this is probably about when he was doing the the, the Lost Weekend. He he wrote it prior. to to and when yeah. they were together, and he ended up recording it when she was nowhere around. Yeah, that's why she wasn't on it. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, he had a thing for women from the Asian countries, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. And you've got John Lennon vocals, guitar, slide guitar. You're hearing a lot in here. Another multi instrumentalist, David Spinoza on guitar. Ken Asher on the Mellotron. The old Mellotron. Gordon Edwards on the bass guitar. And Jim Keltner on drums. I think I think I think I was born at the wrong time. If I'd have been born 20 years earlier, I'd been a Mellotron artist. <laughs> this is another one of those that takes that kind of Pachelbel's canon hook and uses it. There's so many songs that do yeah. that. I, I can't help but think this is one of those songs directed at Yoko then. You know, hey, I'm going to put this on the album going, man, you're just playing mind games with it. Because supposedly she was out sleeping w- with other guys too. So it was one of those things where he's getting jealous, she's getting jealous, you know. And obviously he's John Lennon, so he's in the papers. Hers is not. So keep on playing those mind games together, doing the ritual dance in the sun, millions of mind gorillas putting their soul power to the karmic wheel. Keep on playing those mind games forever, raising the spirit of peace and love. He would go over and over on the karma thing, won't he? Oh, yeah. Karmic gorillas, though. you got to hate that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was gorilla like war. That's how it's spelled, by the way. All right, so now we go to either a laugh track or an instrumental and what do we have here i didn't put it on actually this guy played with the beatles billy preston oh and this is space race one of our instrumentals 
So we usually uh, kind of get into what was going on of January 1974 with music. The Joker, Steve Miller Band. Ooh, yeah. Time in a Bottle, Jim Croce. I think we did a, did that album. Show and yeah, Tell, I did. Al Wilson. Brownsville Station, Smoking in the Boys Room. Gladys Knight and the Pips had I've Got to Use My Imagination. And this album, I would expect somebody to try to pull, but Ringo Starr had your 16. Of course, you know, be interesting what he was talking about then. But he had several hits off that album. Hmm. Also of music of January 1974, Bob Dylan and the band begin their 40-day concert tour in Chicago. It's Dylan's first tour since 1966 when he first came out as electric. Listen to that synthesizer, man. Dino Martin, the son of Dean Martin, is arrested of suspicion of possession and sale of two machine guns. Yeah. Just like, okay. He's no Ike Turner with grenades, though. <laughs> All right. Albums that came out in January 1974. Graham Nash had Wild Tales. You know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Grace Slick had Manhole. She was a, from Jefferson Starship. Carly Simon, Hotcakes. Bob Dylan had Planet Waves. Joni Mitchell, Court and Spark. Bog Hat, Energize. That's another group that's similar to BTO yes. to me. Graham Parsons, Grievous Angel. Leo Saber with Silverbird. I wouldn't. don't have any of that in <laughs> my stuff. And from film of January 1974, we didn't get in, into that when we did the entertainment. But... Uh, Two kind of horror movies, whatever. They sent Tannic Rites of Dracula. It's a horror film with Christopher Lee as Dracula. Can't and imagine how I missed that. <laughs> the Bat People tells the story of a doctor after being bitten by a bat in a cave. Please tell me Adam West was in that. <laughs> My God, please. <laughs> he becomes a man bat creature. Ladies and gentlemen, The Rolling Stones, the concert movie, and McHugh. If you remember that one, was John Wayne. I just yeah. remember him. He kicks open the door, and after it's open, he goes, knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't Sanford and Son start during during 74? Uh, yeah, I but it's it probably not, not in January. Not in January, probably, sure. probably September, but yeah. It definitely sounds like it could have with this sound. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. The that's why I was listening to this. I was like, this sounds like the intro to Sanford and yeah. Son. And yep. the Golden Globes had The Exorcist, Al Pacino, and Marsha Mason as winners. But you've been listening to January 1974. We're What's Riff. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm John. And I'm Bruce. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to What the Riff. We hope you enjoyed the songs we had on tap today. Please tell your friends about us. Check us out at whattheriff.com and follow us on Facebook. Special thanks to our sponsors, Monkey Wrench Brewing, Stanton Electric, and Marbury Creative Group. That's all for this week. See you next week on What the Riff?